0: Well, hello there, top
1: teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Ferre. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher.
0: You know, I think we all have different things in our lives that we regret. More than I'd like to admit to. Yes, absolutely. And today in this episode, guys, we are going to be revealing our biggest regrets after spending years in the classroom as a teacher. So if we could go back in time, these would be the top things that we would change.
1: But first, let's hear from Alyssa. Alyssa recently shared with us a time-sucking hurdle or TSH. Alyssa says, I'm currently in my third year of teaching and my time-sucking hurdle is comparing myself to other things teachers.
0: We're all we've all been there. We've
1: all been there. She says, "I only want the best for my students, but I'm guilty of being hard on myself and comparing myself to other teachers. I worry that I'm not doing enough when other teachers make it look so effortless. I feel like the more experience I gain, the more I want to do to help my students. I'm always wanting to do more and I'm hard on myself that I'm coming up short." I have two small kids at home, so my priorities are divided between my family and my students. It's hard to feel like I'm not giving either 100 percent. Alyssa, I think you just spoke directly into my heart. I don't have kids, but I have experienced this struggle more times than I would like to bring up where I feel like I'm not living up to the best of my ability. I feel like I'm not doing enough. And it all comes down to those comparisons. They are truly one of the biggest thieves of joy.
0: Yeah, Alyssa, we are right there with you, girl. We are are sitting here. We're looking at each other. We're agreeing with one another, knowing that we do this all the time. We compare ourselves to teachers on Instagram. We compare ourselves to teachers that are like in our own schools. But we also have to remind ourselves that we don't know their circumstances. We don't know what they have going on in their lives that make it seem like they have it all together. And on top of that, we're only seeing little snippets of the day, right? We don't see the whole thing of what's going on in the back the back end of it. So remind yourself of that. And I know for a fact that I have to remind myself of that constantly or else I find myself getting into that dark hole of just kind of feeling bad for about what I have and what I'm doing. So you are not there. You are not alone. We are all right next to you on that. So guys, we're going to invite you to just like Alyssa, share your TSH with us. We want to know your time-sucking hurdles. And if you head over to www.teachingonthedouble.com right there on our homepage, you can click on TSH and you will be able to share your time-sucking hurdles and be featured on our podcast. We'll also leave a link down in the show notes for you.
1: Well, while we're on the topic of comparisons, one thing that I have to remind myself of constantly is that I can't compare myself to other people because we're different. We're all at different points of our lives. We've all had different experiences. But instead, I can compare myself to who I was yesterday. My goal is always just to improve myself and be better than who I was before. And that ties in so well to today's episode because it's all about things that we Regret or things that we could change if we would go back. And that all stems from us learning from those experiences. So I actually want to start by sharing a quote. (laughs) And I'm going to share the quote first before I tell you who it's from. And you'll understand why in a second. The quote is There are no regrets in life, just lessons. I'm going to say that one more time. There are no regrets in life, just lessons. Now, this quote does come from the very profound Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) And I'm laughing. I love Jennifer Aniston. Don't get me wrong. It's just she's not the person you think of giving quotes like this. But it is a Jennifer Aniston quote. It's so simple, but I feel like it ties in so well with today's episode. Now, guys,
0: I feel like I just need to chime in really fast because I just want everyone to know that I wanted to find like an epic Dumbledore quote. I just feel like he's uber majestic and just like wonderful and just like someone to look up to. And we ended up with Jennifer Aniston, which I'm not saying anything about Jennifer Aniston. I like her. I like her movies. But it's just funny that that's the quote that we ended up with.
1: Listen, if I ever have the chance to meet Jennifer Aniston, I'm going to tell her Bridget Spackman from The Letter Classroom and Teaching on the Double <laughs> does not think that she is as majestic as Elvis Dumbledore. Uh, listen, I just, okay. All right. <laughs> Go on. Just All right, move on. We'll move on. Now, because that quote talks about learning from your mistakes and and learning these lessons, for today's episode, we're going to start by sharing our biggest regrets, and then we're going to kind of talk about what we would do differently, what we've learned from those experiences. Because making mistakes is only beneficial if you're actually learning from them. If we had to summarize our biggest single regret in our teaching career in just one sentence, it would be that we regret spending large amounts of time and money on our work and not spending enough time doing the things that we love. I'm gonna just say that one more time. And if you are distracted while you're listening to this, I want you to pause for the cause. I want you to actually hear me on this one and let it sink in because I guarantee you, a lot of you listening have probably made the same mistake or you may even still be making the same mistake. So I want you to hear me. Our biggest regret is spending large amounts of time and money on our work and not spending enough time doing the things that we
0: love. So guys, I just want to pause really fast and just say that I have always been a really big believer that everything in life happens for a reason. And so while we are sitting here and we're saying that this is a regret, it really isn't a regret because we have learned a such a valuable lesson. But we have, and this is what we want to really kind of drive home with all of you, we have made these changes in how we are moving forward with our lives. We're not continuing to do the things that we did in the past. And it was a really hard lesson. I think, Michelle, it took me I want to say six years of teaching for me to finally realize I cannot keep doing what I'm doing.
1: I've really been going through this transformation this year. And it's funny you say that because it's my sixth year of teaching where I have really reevaluated the way that I do things and realized that the way I was approaching it was not serving me. And I I'm so happy that you clarified that, Bridget, because even though we're using the word regret in reality, we just mean that these are lessons that we've learned and these are things that we no longer do and we've changed the way that we approach it in order to better serve ourselves. So keep in mind when we say regret even though we're using the word regret, we actually just mean these are lessons that we've learned. And these are things that we are doing differently. And the whole point of this episode is for us truly just to be vulnerable with you all and be open and honest and be like, look, this is how we used to do things. And I even remember on my YouTube channel, I used to promote this as in like, oh, this is this is my favorite thing to do. When in reality, on the inside, it was killing me. Like it was causing me to really struggle mentally and emotionally. So we want to just be honest with you and be like, look, we have grown and these are beliefs we used to hold that we now no longer agree with.
0: So going back to that really big umbrella of, us spending a lot of time and money into our classrooms as being one of our regrets or lessons in this case. Um, one of the things that we can look at is creating resources and materials. I think we've all been there. And especially back when I was in kindergarten, holy mackerel, guys, I would spend so much time and so much money creating centers for my class for my classroom and the crazy thing is is that it took me a good 3 years to realize that my kids didn't even care about those centers that they, they didn't even matter they weren't meaningful to them they didn't think they didn't look at the center and say, oh, look how cute that clip art Mrs. Spackman picked out, or look how much time she spent cutting this out. No, actually they would like bend it and chew it and then spit it out. It was really disgusting, but it's true. Like we spend so much time laminating things when we don't even end up using them again because our curriculum changes, or we end up changing grade levels, or we just forget about it. How many of you have done that?
1: Yep, I am uh, guilty as charged with that. I remember when I switched from teaching second grade to fourth grade because I moved to a different part of the state. So I had to quit my job and I moved not having a job, not knowing what grade level I was going to start in. And I ended up getting a position in fourth grade. And that terrified me because I didn't know what I was doing with fourth grade. And it really made me reflect on how much time and money I had spent preparing all of these materials for second grade. Because in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to teach second grade the rest of my life. Well, uh, newsflash, Michelle, you were completely wrong. You're not going to teach second grade the rest of your life. And as a result, all of those binders of materials that I had created, Are now sitting in a tub in my basement. About half of them I've thrown away. So that was wasted time, wasted money. And looking back, I'm just like, that was so silly of me. Why did I spend all of that time? Why did I buy all of those materials on Teachers Pay Teachers? Or why did I buy all of those laminating sleeves to laminate things that I'm not even using anymore? All I really did was create more work for myself because I wanted it to be pretty or I wanted to have these binders so that I could look back on it, you know, in future years and have it all ready to go when in reality, my curriculum was constantly changing or I was changing grade levels. And while I was trying to elevate it, I really was just making it harder on myself. And I think we all have to stop and ask ourselves, why are we doing this? Is it for our students or is it for ourselves Or is it for some other reason? Do we feel like we have to be doing this in order to be an effective teacher? Because as I have found out this year, you 100% don't. I have prepped the least number of materials this year, and I have felt like the best teacher that I've been in my whole career because I have found other strategies that don't take time and money to implement that make me even more effective than I was when I was laminating all of these centers and lessons and things that were used once and then never looked at again. You know, I really think that when
0: we try to find different ways than just doing, you know, the basic laminating of sinners, we actually find out that we are more creative than what we think.
1: Oh my goodness, yes. When you discover that creativity, it helps you to see things in a new light. And a lot of times you end up seeing it in a simpler way than you did before, which ends up making your life easier. And I know personally, one thing that I had to really learn how to do is let go of perfectionism. I was always so preoccupied with making sure that everything was perfectly labeled and everything was perfectly laminated. Bridget, there were times where I would print something and laminate it. And if the lamination was like crooked, I kid you not, I would reprint it and relaminate it. Like, why? Why? As you've already said, your kids, they don't care. They don't notice. It's not important to them. But being able to learn how to let go of that perfectionism has made me so much happier and so much less stressed and less overwhelmed. And it's allowed me to spend that time and energy focusing on the things that truly do matter. So now while we're on this topic of perfectionism, Michelle, I think
0: this is a great time for me to mention this idea of feeling like we
1: have to keep up with the Joneses right? I hate talking about this because I'm so guilty of doing this. But at the same time, we need to talk about it because we all experience it. Oh,
0: absolutely. And what we mean by keeping up with the Joneses, if you have not heard this phrase, which I have, so I'm sure you have out there. But anyways, so this means that you're looking and you're comparing yourself to other teachers and you're saying, well, this teacher is doing A, B and C. I should be able to do A, B, C and D because you're always wanting to. To make sure that you're one step ahead of everyone else. And this means that you're going on and you're looking on Pinterest, you're spending time on Instagram, you're spending time on Facebook, you're spending time on TBT. Guys, that is time, time taken away from spending time with your kids, from spending time with your dog, from spending time getting new experiences
1: and just Feeling yourself with joy and relaxation, which is what we need as teachers. And then that only not takes the time away where you're actually looking at their accounts, but it then continues to take time away because then you're deciding to go out to different stores to find the trinkets and the toys that you saw them feature in a lesson that really didn't have a purpose and you're just wanting to go out and get it because you see them have it. So for example, (laughs) I think back to my first few years of teaching, the little mini themed erasers. (gasps) Do you know what I'm talking about? I am so glad that you're bringing this up. Guys, I got a ton of them down in my basement. If you need them, just call me, I'll let you have them. Nope, you gotta take mine first because I also have a ton of them. You would buy them in a little bag that had, I don't know, 30 of them from Target for like a dollar. So they were inexpensive, but when you start buying like 20, 30 packs of them, that adds up. And you're buying them just because you see other people using them. And you're worried that if you don't get them, you're going to miss out and then not be able to find them. When in reality, I know Bridget and I, we were talking about this the other day that we had the same experience. And I'm sure there's other people out there who had a similar experience. They just ended up collecting in a pile. We never really used them for anything. I think I set out with the intention of using them as a manipulative never really happened. Or I maybe use them in a manipulative for one lesson and that was it. And now I literally have a container a case I bought a case yeah I was gonna go I Ugh. was like
0: and then you go out and you have to buy all these fancy cases in order to be able to store them all perfectly
1: yep so I bought this case stored all the erasers and it has sat in my closet for about the past two three years now I'm using them as little incentives with my students where we do this number fluency routine where they do skip counting and I make it kind of a competition and whichever team gets the most I give them each an eraser just because I want to get rid of them like that's not even why I bought them. I did not buy them as an incentive. I just want them out of my closet. It's adding to my clutter. And that's making me feel even more stressed out. And it just reminds me of how much money I spent. And I'm like, that was so silly. And now I'm broke because I wanted these erasers and they're just sitting in my closet.
0: So by the way, Michelle, when are we going to Marie Kondo my basement? Maybe tonight. (laughs) Oh, yes. You heard it right here on Teaching to the Top podcast. Now, I know that we all probably all have those mini erasers, but we might have some other items too that I think can get, fall under this category that we bought it for the specific purpose, we've used it once, and we've never really used it again. So let's think of some solutions in order for us to be able to kind of remedy this problem. And one of those things is that you can donate them to other teachers. I know there are a lot of first-year teachers that are coming in that don't really have anything to get started with. And so when you have something like that, that you're like, I feel like they could use this, donate it to another teacher. I know that there are a couple of teachers, even in my building, that they do like Fridays where they give away trinkets on Fridays. And so they're always looking for something that people are trying to get rid of in their house. And they're like, whatever you have, kids want to take it home. And so you can use it as rewards and incentives, just like you do with your skip counting for your fluency math. But you can find creative ways to be able to go ahead and unleash some of that and give it to somebody else.
1: I really love that Bridget because then not only are you helping to release that from your plate or rather get it out of your closet, you are also helping out another teacher. So it's definitely a win-win situation. But let's talk about kind of a final component of that big regret that we talked about or rather that big lesson that we learned and that is staying late to get things done. We know as teachers that there is always more to do.
0: Now, Michelle, I'm really, really curious. What is the latest that you have stayed at school?
1: Oh, I was not prepared for this. Okay. I remember it was either my first or second year of teaching, there was a night where I had to ask the custodians, like, how late can I stay? Like, at what point are you gonna leave and lock up the school? And they said, well, we usually leave between 10 and 11 p.m. And I was like, okay. I think that night I legitimately stayed at school until about 10.30 at night.
0: Oh my gosh, we are the same person. I did the exact same thing and it was my first few years kind of going as a teacher. And I just remember like working. Now, does it count if I had to go home and drop off Ian with my mom and then I came back to school? Like, is that still acceptable?
1: Yes, because I remember in my situation, I left and went and got Subway for dinner and then came back to school. So yes, that totally counts. 1030
0: at night, guys. It's not okay. We should not be staying at school at 1030 at night.
1: No, we absolutely do not need to be staying that late at night or even late at all, because let's be honest, the next day, we're just going to refill our to-do list with more things that need to get done. That's what we do as teachers. There's always more to do. And guess what? I spent January of this year, January of 2020, leaving school every single day at the end of my contract hours, which for me, my contract hours end at 4.10 p.m. So I left every single day by 4.15. And you know what happened? I felt the same amount of Like stress that I had felt before. I did not feel like I had more added to my plate or that I was falling behind. In fact, at some moments, I actually felt better because I was able to go home and rejuvenate and relax and spend that time on myself. So I did not stay late. At all, And I felt like I still got the same amount done. I didn't feel overwhelmed. And that just goes to show you that when you are telling yourself you need to stay late, I'm sorry, tough love, but you're lying to yourself. You don't need to stay late. You're trying to convince yourself that you do. But in reality... It's not a necessity. And I guarantee you,
0: Michelle, even when you did make, stay late, it didn't make you a better teacher. You were still a fantastic teacher when you were leaving at 410.
1: Yep, I was. I mean, I hate to say that, but I was. And you're exactly right. Staying late does not make you a better teacher. Being the last car in the parking lot does not make you better than any of the teachers who left on time. No, it doesn't. And we need to remind ourselves of that, okay? We have to
0: literally sit in the mirror, look at your And say, it does not make me better to stay here late and take away from other opportunities or experiences that I could end up having. And so, this is also another piece to add that you're probably staying late because of the fact that you're like, well, I need to finish and make this really fancy lesson. Guys, your lessons don't have to be fancy. Kids don't care about fancy. They really don't. They don't care about the clip art. They don't care about the fact that it's laminated. What they care about is the experience. What they care about is the conversations. What they care about are the opportunities opportunities that you're giving them. And so your lessons don't need to be fancy in order to have really good content that's rigorous and engaging for your students.
1: Bridget, I'm going to add one quick thing to that, because just recently I taught a lesson and it was a lesson straight out of my curriculum. And let's be honest, it was essentially a worksheet. I mean, students were supposed to measure the shoes of students in their class and create a line plot. And then they had to answer questions about the line plot. It was literally a worksheet. However... I made it engaging by making the shoe measuring almost into like a game show. I was like calling kids down. I'm like, you are the next contestant on. Measure your foot. And just by adding that kind of humor and that experience into it, my kids were like literally applauding each other when they would get called out. Like it was hysterical. And that took zero prep time. That was just me in the moment being present for my students. And I was able to do that because I did not stay at school late the night before. I wasn't exhausted. I had energy because I had given myself the time that I needed. So now that we've discussed these things that we have learned, Bridget, let's talk a little bit about what we wish we had done, or rather what we're doing now because we've learned those lessons.
0: Yeah, and one of those things is that we've prioritized the things that we've spent time and money on. And what this means is that we are really reflecting and thinking about and deciding, is this something that we truly need Or is it just something that we're adding fluff to our content and our curriculum, and really saying it's almost like that Marie Kondo, right? Is this something that is really gonna bring me joy into my life and bring my students joy into their lives, and it's something that I'm really gonna go back and reuse over and over again? Because guys, if you're gonna use it one time, I'm gonna say no, don't do it, don't buy it, you don't need it. And this also, I, I always kind of go back, Michelle. This is kind of probably something really weird that you're gonna say. What? Why are you bringing this up? It's like getting a tattoo oh yeah okay i want to see where you're gonna go with this so guys i have a tattoo in fact i have a tattoo on my left wrist um it's of the like mexico like aztec bird and typically when you like get a mexican drink or you get any type of produce or anything it's like echo in mexico and it has that little aztec bird it's just a tattoo that i've had well I would say that anything that you were to get for your classroom, anything that you want to think about buying for your classroom, almost treat it like you're getting a tattoo. And what they say is that if you want to get a tattoo, you need to wait about six months to really determine, is this something that I still want? And so give yourself a time frame. It doesn't need to be six months. All right. That's probably a little much because it's not something as permanent as a tattoo, but you could say, hey, I'm going to give myself about a week or two weeks. And if I still really think that I need to have that after that week or two weeks, then you Yes, absolutely. Go and get it. But give yourself that time to really reflect and decide whether or not this is something you truly need.
1: So Bridget, I have to ask then with your tattoo, how long did you wait after you decided you wanted it before you actually got it? It was about two years. Wow. Yeah. And I, I actually you. have a second
0: one that I want to get um, and, and almost like in honor of my partner that passed away Um I want to get one. And so I've been kind of holding off. And every time I think about it, I'm like,
1: yeah, yeah, I I really want to do that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's a really good strategy. I personally don't have any tattoos, so I cannot relate to that. However, going back to the target dollar spot, because I think as teachers, that tends to be a favorite area of most of ours. I have had to tell myself, and you're going to laugh at this, but I legitimately say this to myself If I pass on an item in the target dollar spot and I wait that week or two to decide if I still want it, if I go back and that item is gone from the target dollar spot, it is meant to be. That is the universe's way of telling me, Michelle, you truly did not need that. And more than anything, it has really taught me how to be resourceful with what I already have because so many items that we purchase can be reutilized for so many different things.
0: Oh my gosh, Michelle, I'm so happy that you ended up bringing that up because uh, for those of you that don't know, I actually had the opportunity to travel to Jamaica and I went into one of the schools there in Jamaica. And guys, it, it is just such a great experience to be able to go and visit different schools around the world. But I left so unbelievably humbled. I left inspired. I left motivated and I left more creative. And this goes to that whole idea of being resourceful with what you have, because let me tell you, these teachers in Jamaica, they don't have. They don't have it all. And in fact, the rooms were about six feet wide and they had about three desks or six, uh, three or four kids uh, per row. Like it was crazy. So they're super cramped. But one of the things that the teachers did is they had a a little boy who brought us like a math kit. And so if you can imagine a shoebox and inside of that shoebox, it was all of the materials that they use in order to help them with math. So they had a ruler that they created. The kids created this ruler, which blew my mind. They had fraction tiles that the kids created. They had a clock that the kids created created. All of these were materials that the students were using. They used paper, they used a marker, and they used cardboard. So you can see where they drew it out on paper, the kids cut it out, and then they glued it on and they labeled it. So it was just, that's being resourceful right
1: there. Yeah, no, that is amazing. I feel like we might need to do like a full episode on something like that because as you're sitting here telling me, I'm just like, I want to know more. Like that is so awesome.
0: I have pictures. I'll be sure to like show it to you and I will also put it in the show notes so that you guys can check it out too.
1: Perfect. So I'm gonna roll us into the next thing that we have changed or lesson that we have learned. And that is that we have both spent more time identifying who we actually are as teachers. And what that means is we have figured out what we're actually good at and we play off of that. We don't try to be someone else. I'll be honest, when I look on social media, I see some teachers who do phenomenal things with their students. And there's always that small part of me that's like, oh, I wish I could be that. But I have to remind myself, you know what? Your students love you for who you are and I don't need to be that other person because that's not me. And I see these teachers doing wonderful things like with music. Y'all, I'm not musically talented. I did at one point teach myself how to play guitar and ukulele, and I can do that, but I can't really sing like at all. In fact, I sing really bad on purpose in front of my kids (laughs) just to show them that that is not a talent of mine. But I do know that I'm funny and I'm able to make jokes with my kids and I can kind of create excitement out of super small things. Like for example, the whole measuring your feet thing. Like no kid was excited to do that, but I just quickly made it into almost like a game show and my kids were into it. And those are strengths that I have. And therefore that's what I play off of. And Michelle,
0: it's because you were authentic. And I truly believe that your students can tell when you're trying to force something. So for instance, if you were that person that said, I wanna be that, that more like musically in- inclined person to get up there and like sing songs and play an instrument, your kids can tell when you're not, you can't do it that, or you're not enjoying it. They know this, they know you better than what you think. And so it's so important that you're truly authentic. Be authentic with your students, Be authentic with yourself and come to a reality of, all right, I am not this person, but you know what? I hope and I pray that down the line somewhere, my students have an opportunity to have a teacher like that because I'm not that person, but I can give them something in a different way. So be authentic. The next lesson that we're gonna say that we've learned is that we are not gonna spend more time at home working on school things. And so I can't even tell you guys how many nights that I have missed with my family and with my friends because I was so overly consumed with school. I would say no to so many people about going out and having drinks with them or going to a restaurant or my kids saying, hey, let's go and have a bonfire at like Uncle Troy's and, you know, put up a big movie on the outside because that's something we do typically. And it's like I would say no to that because I felt like
1: I needed to get more work done. And I think it's important to remember that we have these different identities. You are more than just a teacher. That's a part of who you are, but that's not the entirety of who you are. Personally, I am also a fiance and I enjoy powerlifting. I don't know if I'd call myself a powerlifter, but I enjoy trying. And those are other components of my life that I need to dedicate time to. And they are just as important, if not more important than my job as a teacher, especially when it comes to those personal relationships. So it's okay to not spend as much time on school and devote time to these other components of who you are. You have to be fair. And when you talk about balance, you have to balance those different parts of your identity. You can't dedicate all of your time to just the part of you that is a teacher. And so, guys, in the end
0: of all of this, this isn't about us sitting up here and saying, you know, we regret all of these things that we've done and we could have done things so much more differently. No, that's not what it is because we've learned so many lessons as teachers. We've learned so many lessons about ourselves as individuals. And what we're really saying is that really just spend time reflecting on your career as a teacher, spend time reflecting on yourself as an individual, and really think about, you know what, this is not really working for me. And I might want to try. to change and try something different here. This is what it's all about. And that's, I think what we've learned so much as teachers is that we need to spend time reflecting on, on ourselves so that we can continue improving and growing as professionals and individuals.
1: That was a beautiful way to end it, Bridget. I'm so happy you said that. Before we let you go, we do want to give one final reminder that if you have not already downloaded our seven ways to boost your teacher productivity, make sure you do that because it's free. Why wouldn't you do it? You can head over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com. You can actually sign up right on our homepage or you can go to teachingonthedouble.com slash 013 in order to download that freebie. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.